the way that we worship, Lord. As you are being seated, I want to introduce someone else to you. This is Brian Reeves. Brian is one of uh, our elders here at uh, Grace Fellowship, and uh, good to see you, man. Brian is um, doing something for the first time today. I don't think you've ever been on stage with a microphone in your hand to speak on a Sunday morning. Is that right? You're still not going to do that? The microphone doesn't work? We gave you the one that doesn't work. It's good. Um, Brian usually is kind of a behind-the-scenes guy, but a fantastic leader and a great friend of mine, and so I'm glad to have him. And uh, I'm glad you're here because we're about to have to answer that. That question, while it might have made some people uncomfortable, was like lobbing a softball for the next question that we're going to ask because this next one's going to get a little bit crazy. And so before we jump into that question, why don't we ask an easier one? How many of you ran in the crazy eight last night? Like you were out at 10, 11, 12 o'clock last night? A few of you. Good. All right. So good. I thought I saw some sleepy faces out there. So um, well, a question that was asked, and you know, sometimes you just wish we could actually invite Jesus to be like, hey, Jesus, why don't you show up this Sunday and you can preach? Because um, he's actually, we're going to go to Jesus in just a few minutes and see what he said, but it sure would be great to get some commentary on some things. Which, but here's just, just so you guys know, a realization I've had is that I'm a fairly new elder, and based on this question, I understand that I am the expendable elder. <laughs> <laughs> we can easily get rid of Thanks you. for that. Right, right. That's why we gave you this question. So um, I just want you to remember I didn't ask the question. Somebody else did, but that's good. And so here's the question that was asked. Uh, Jesus said that marrying a divorced woman or person, really, is committing adultery. So are people who are divorced and remarried living in perpetual sin? No. Just going to leave it there? That's done? You're done? All right. It's great. All right. Well, let's pray, and uh, we'll all go home. Thanks for that. Um, so how did, you, how did you come to the conclusion of no, that if you are divorced? And listen, divorce affects so many people in our culture. I mean, there's, there probably is not a single person in this room that hasn't been impacted by this, either personally yourself or within your immediate family, that divorce is, is part of what happens in our world and it's part of the broken state that we live in because of sin and yet when we say okay if we're divorced and then remarried while jesus says in matthew 19 that someone who is divorced and remarried has committed adultery um and yet are they living in perpetual sin which means are we constantly in a state of sin once we've been divorced and remarried and you just flat out went nope you're not so how did you kind of come to that conclusion well it's And the point goes to the the perpetual sin, like you said. Um, You know, as unbelievers, the Bible makes it clear that we are um, dead in our transgresses, that we are enemies of God. As believers, Christ has paid for our sin. Um, We are now no longer enemies of God, but children of God. And Christ, his death on the cross, paid for our sins, past, present, and future. Um, Now, we can... We can continue to commit acts of sin, um, but it's not held against us. Um, but we can break um, break fellowship, fellowship with God. With God, right, yes. Right. You don't break the relationship you have with God, but fellowship can Correct. be broken. Correct. Yeah. And and sin, we need to recognize and repent of sin. Sure. As yeah. well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think you know that speaks so much to the fact that God has given grace us, that the cross is all about the grace of God shed uh, for us, and that 
there are going to be things that we do that are sinful acts against God. Divorce being one of those, but divorce being one of those. Like sometimes I think in our culture we have a tendency to make certain sins bigger issues than other sins. Uh, homosexuality, for one, which we're going to talk about next week, by the way. So circle your calendar and come back next week. The pr- this will probably be a packed house next week just because we're going to deal with that. We'll walk. What do they think about that? So um, come back next week. But it's one sin in a multitude of sins that that are abominations to God. And so when we think about this, the other thing that I would say, and we're going to touch on this a little bit later, is that for anyone in the room who has been divorced, we would not want you to feel that there's condemnation in this for us today. And we're, we're going to hit on that a little bit more in a minute. But I want to give you some kind of peace here to go, oh, no, what's the last, you know, next 15 minutes going to be like? Um, this is not a we're condemning you because of your past or something that happened and where you are. We just want to tell you what the Bible says. The question was asked. It was asked well. Uh, Jesus says that marrying someone after being divorced is committing adultery. So where does that leave us? So we're going to try to attack that a little bit. The other thing I would say is that, that we try to our best to live in obedience to Christ. You know, that grace is given to us, but we try our best to live in obedience to him. In other words, we're not making a mockery of grace that we go, well, God's given us grace. We can do whatever we want. Paul says that our, our, the grace of God is not a license for us to sin. In other words, we don't take advantage of that. Like, it's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. Oh, the grace of God, I can do anything I want, and then I'll just ask for forgiveness for it, and God's good with that. No, God is a holy God. He expects us to live holy lives according to His Word. And some things about His Word are difficult. That's, that's just true. And while it's not easy for us to sit and talk about the difficult things sometimes, I think we need to do that. And see, what does Jesus say? What does the Bible say about this issue? So, with that being said... Um, and as we're continuing to, to talk through these things, Brian, here's the, the next part of this question. Um, what does the Bible kind of say specifically about divorce and remarriage, specifically Jesus? I mean, there's a lot of things we can go in. Again, today we can't cover everything that the Bible says about divorce. But what does Jesus say concerning this topic? Well, before I answer that uh, specifically, a couple of things. <clears throat> you mentioned judgment. And um, I just wanted to communicate to, to you guys that, uh, what we're going over today is not about judgment at all. And uh, sometimes as believers, we, we do not understand <clears throat> the difference between uh, conviction and condemnation. Uh, conviction is a work of the Holy Spirit that says either don't do that or that was wrong. Um, it's, it's truth. And condemnation is the devil saying you're no good. You've, yeah. you've completely ruined your life. Uh, there's no way you can ever change. You can never break these habits. You can never, you know, just go down the list. Uh, but that is not God. Uh, God never tells us that we're worthless. So please understand that as we move forward. Um, <clears throat> one other thing, uh, speaking of truth, um, I have an opinion on Joel's question. And this is a, well, there's a lot of people in this room. I know you guys all have opinions. Um, but to be completely honest, our opinions don't matter. Yeah. The one opinion that matters is God's. And so for us, we have to go to the Bible <clears throat> using wisdom and look at the truth of what God has told us in his scripture and um, base our lives and our decisions on that information alone, regardless of what the world says. Um, so to answer your question, if you look at Matthew 19.9, um, <clears throat> Jesus specifically addresses uh, Uh, divorce and remarriage and he says um, uh, this is Jesus speaking and I say to you whoever divorces his wife 
except for immorality, and marries another woman, commits adultery. So that is Jesus' answer to your question. You just going to stop there again? Sure. Okay. So, no, and Jesus said so. Those are Brian's best answers. Um, all right. It's interesting because as we look at this passage, the reason that Jesus even gets to this point of, ask, of answering this question is because he's asked. Uh, he has some Pharisees that come to him earlier in the passage. In verse 3, some Pharisees came and said, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? And I love this, for any and every reason. There were two schools of thought in this day and, and time that someone could get divorced for the reason of committing adultery, that someone was unfaithful in their marriage. Uh, and by the way, I would say that unfaithfulness, the word there for sexual immorality is pornea. Uh, which is wide inclusive of a lot of different types of things, not just that you had sex with somebody else outside of your marriage. Uh, I believe that this could include the fact that your spouse is habitually consumed with pornography. Uh, I believe that sexual immorality comes when there is abuse that takes place within the relationship. I don't think that, that Jesus would ask us to stay in marriages that are abusive, where you are being uh, torn apart. Uh, and that there is things like that. So when he says sexual immorality, that word pornea in the Greek helps us get a broader scope of things. But one of the things they said is sexual immorality or the other line of thought was for any and every reason. So can we get divorced because we didn't like the fact that my wife cooked a bad meal tonight? And there literally are cases that we can go back and look at and say that people would divorce their wives because they found somebody more attractive that they wanted to be married to or their wife cooked a bad meal and so they would say, I divorce you, I divorce you, I divorce you. And three times saying I divorce you means that you're done. The relationship's over. And now the woman is just out on the streets because this is a male-dominated culture, especially when you go back to the Old Testament. So they ask him, can a person get divorced for any and every reason? And Jesus says, haven't you read, meaning go back and look at the Old Testament, at the beginning God created people male and female. And he said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and unite to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. And so they continue on and say, well, why then did Moses command that a woman would give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? And Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce. There's a difference, right, between Moses commanded people to get divorced and Jesus saying Moses permitted people to get divorced. And here's why Moses permitted that, uh, because your hearts were hard. He says, Moses permitted this certificate of divorce to be given out because you guys weren't doing your job. As men, you weren't leading in your home. As men, you weren't faithful to your wife. As men, you weren't committed to the covenant of marriage that God ordained to bring two people together forever. And so he says, Moses permitted this. Now, what's the deal with the certificate of divorce? Now, I'm kind of going to preach it. I'm sorry. We're going to answer the question again in a little bit. Um, What's the deal with the certificate of divorce? Here was the deal. Again, remember, you could just say three times, I divorce you, and it was done, and you could kick your wife out. Well, now, in a male-dominated society, what happens to a woman that's just out? She's no longer under the protection of her father and her mother. She's no longer under the protection of her husband. What does she have? She has nothing, right? She's not owed anything in the society, in the culture. She's just out. And so Moses permitted people to get divorced, but they had to give a certificate of divorce that said, I'm divorcing you for this reason. And they had to list the reason. It was usually the man's fault because I didn't like whatever. So now the woman has a certificate of divorce that proves that the man, she didn't just, she didn't do anything wrong. She didn't commit sexual immorality. She didn't abandon the relationship. The husband did that. What, number one, what happens is the man kind of thinks twice. Do I want to do that? Or should I stay committed to this marriage? Do I want to have my name out there saying, I didn't like the fact that she didn't cook biscuits real good? That's not a good enough reason. People are going to judge you now because of that. Um, the second thing is that this was a huge step forward at this time in history of women's civil rights. 
Because now a woman with a certificate of divorce can go somewhere and say, look, I, I didn't leave my husband. I didn't do anything wrong. He divorced me. He did this for this reason. And people would give her a job. They would trust her. They would. So Moses did this as a way to protect women in a culture that they were not being protected in. This was huge in this day and age, right? And so when you think about where we are, when Jesus is asked this question, Jesus says, Moses permitted this, but then he goes on and he says, but I tell you, if anyone divorces his wife, except for the case of sexual immorality, and marries another woman, they commit adultery. And I have to be honest, that's a difficult thing for us to hear. Because a lot of you maybe are in a second marriage, or even a third marriage. And a lot of you may carry a lot of weight and baggage around with you, and and guilt for where you are, and going, man, or for some of you maybe that have been divorced and you're thinking about getting remarried. Well, if I get remarried, am I going to be an adulterer? I mean, I don't, I don't know that I want that. And I think that you kind of have to work through some of these things. And so let's take just a couple of minutes and, and talk about that just a little bit. Are we destined to be adulterers if we get remarried after a breakup? Or how does the grace of God work in the middle of that? Well, the, there's no limit to the grace of God. Yeah. Um, so if if you have made uh, mistakes either in marriage or I mean we we all make mistakes, um, th- there's no limit to the grace of God. So don't don't stop somewhere. Uh, you know keep going. Um, I threw that one a little bit out of left field at you. You did. That Sorry. wasn't written down. No. So no. Was, <laughs> I'll repent of that one on my own. Okay. So Ask that me again. My sin. So basically, if someone let's say they've they've been divorced but they want to get remarried. And so, but they're they're kind of going. The Bible says I'm going to be an adulterer. Is that a big deal? Is that a problem? Like, how would how would we kind of come through that? Based on what Jesus said, if someone came to me and they were um, had re- been divorced, they are divorced, and were thinking about um, getting remarried, I would take Jesus' scripture, which is Matthew 19:9, and apply that to the situation. Um, is there uh, was there immorality yeah. in the marriage that broke that bond, that covenant bond? If so, you're free to remarry. Right. If not, um, other places in the Bible, Paul talks about um, uh, what Jesus said here, and then adds some to yeah. it. And says First Corinthians away. seven. Yes. So if you are looking for, excuse me, passages mm-hmm. in the New Testament, First Corinthians seven and Ephesians chapter five are other places that the Bible talks about. The New Testament talks about how do we deal with this marriage issues. He, and Paul basically says, you need to wait for that person to return. Yeah. Unless they get remarried. If they get remarried, then, then they've broken, they've broken the bond. Yeah. Yes. yeah, it is interesting. And again, man, talk about difficult things. Paul says the first thing you should do, if it's possible, is to reconcile. I mean, if you are divorced and you want to get remarried, can you reconcile the original marriage? Wow, that's a tough one, right? Um, that's a difficult relationship to be in. But can you do that? Then he says, but if someone else, your, your spouse has already gotten married again, they've broken that relationship, you're free once again to marry. Now, here's the other thing I would say, because we're concerned about this word adultery. This is a bad word, right? I mean, we've got the scarlet letter going on in our brains, and everybody that was in high school read that movie, or read, that, read the movie, right? Um, thank God for movies. I would have never passed the test in English if it hadn't been for the movies, right? Um, <laughs> um, but when you think about this, this idea of, of committing adultery, here's the, the other thing I would say. If you go back to Matthew 5 in the Beatitudes, Jesus says some other people commit adultery, and it's not just people who have been divorced and want to get remarried. Um, I, I have. I haven't. You've never? <laughs> because here's what Matthew 5 says. 
If anyone has looked lustfully at another person, they've committed adultery in their heart. And so, for anybody who's kind of struggling with this idea of, I've been divorced, can I get remarried? That means I'm going to commit adultery. Jump on the train. I'm not telling you to go against God's word, but I'm saying, welcome to the party. We've all committed adultery when we've lusted after someone else that's not our spouse. When we've wanted something in the flesh that wasn't ours to have. There's that aspect of the relationship that all of us share. I mean, I went to the beach for vacation. That's a tough place not to commit adultery. <laughs> in your mind, in your heart, right? And so you're the expendable pastors. <laughs> right. <laughs> I am really glad we can laugh about this. This is good. I was really nervous about today, I gotta be honest. Um well, I wanted to add uh, one thing. For us, one of the things really to take away today is is how important marriage is, Christian marriage especially, to God and what it means. We a lot of times we gloss over it. That's why divorce rate, even within the church, is as high as as basically outside the church. Uh, We don't we don't uphold it and say this is God's design. This is sacred. Uh, this is important when we when we have people that are struggling struggling with marriage. A lot of times we fail to go to them and say, "Hey, uh, divorce is not on the table mm-hmm. in this situation. It's not a consideration. Uh, let's walk beside you and try and figure out how we can minister to you as a family and and repair the broken relationship." Um, in <clears throat> Matthew 19, if you back up a few verses, you go to let's see. Um, Verse 5, uh, Jesus is basically, he's still talking to the Pharisees, and he's quoting from Genesis. And he says, um, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two but one. Therefore what God has joined together, let no man separate. So if Jesus here is saying they are no longer uh, two but one, we have to believe that. And uh, when it says, um, therefore, what God has joined together. Uh, so there's a an intertwining of lives uh, that we don't necessarily see with our eyes, mm-hmm. that is there. Yeah. Um, my wife Jamie's in the back, and <clears throat> if tomorrow she vanished off the, the face of the earth, she would still be with me. She would still be a part of me as much as I'm a part of me. We've been together 14 years now, and, and that's, our lives have intertwined so that if she was taken away, she, that, she would still be part of me. That, that bond that God has created is um, it's beyond just what we can see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so to you try guys and have been together that, 14 years, you just said. Today's Heather and I, our 13-year anniversary. So I thought it was awesome because – no, wait. <laughs> Thanks. I told Heather, I was like, it's our anniversary and we're going to talk about divorce today. I don't know if that looms. But I'm going to make up for it by doing some premarital counseling with a couple in our church tonight. So it's kind of the circle of life and all that kind of stuff. But uh, um, it's just a fascinating journey that we're on. And this is another passage, the one you just read, that Jesus said, Therefore, what God has brought together, let no man separate. Why are we committing adultery in marriage if we're separated? If we've been divorced, I'm not with my spouse anymore, how am I committing adultery? And Jesus answers that question by saying, You've got a piece of paper that a man gave to you. Humanity recognizes the split and the divorce, but God treats marriage such that the divorce that we recognize through the legal system, God doesn't necessarily recognize that as a divorce. 
in his eyes, you have been brought together. You are one. It's like putting two pieces of duct tape together and then trying to rip them apart. You're not going to get a clean rip, are you? You're going to get all kinds of sticky and nasty, and it's going to be tough. And so God says, I've joined you together. You're one. And breaking that oneness is not something that man can do by giving you a piece of paper. In God's eyes, there's still marriage that's there. And so that's why the adultery issue comes, comes in. Now, again, as we wrap up this morning, I would say this. that Is, is Jesus picking on divorced people? And if he's not, are we as a church, do we pick on divorced people by saying things like this? No. Yeah, and, and I agree. I mean, I think, thanks again. Way, way to go with the, the no answer. That's good. We're not paying you for this, are we? Okay. Um, but I think when you see this, you kind of go, all right, here's the deal. There is so much grace and mercy that is offered to us. You have not committed the unpardonable sin. The Bible says that there is only one sin that God does not forgive, and that is the sin of unbelief. That if you don't accept His Son into your heart, that's the one and only sin that you can commit that God can't forgive. And so we would say to you, there is no condemnation from us as a church for those of you who have gone through divorces, but we would ask you, to, if, if your marriage is in a state where it's hurting and wounded and there's brokenness, to let us, if you will, walk with you. And do whatever is possible to try to bring reconciliation to that. The pain and the hurt of divorce is it's so difficult to explain. I've seen it firsthand with family and friends, and I know the pain that it brings. And I know some of you still reel from the pain of the divorces that you've been through or that have taken place in your family. And so we would just simply say this. I know here's, here's where I've seen as a pastor in churches is that by the time a lot of times we find out the marriages are in trouble, it's so far gone that the couples aren't even willing to work toward reconciliation. We hold things so pridefully close to our hearts a lot of the times that we don't ask for help, and we think we can fix our marriages. And the truth is, is that my marriage needs your help, and your marriage needs other people's helps. And we want to be able to come alongside of you and help out in those things if you would let us, um, that we can walk with you. Can we fix your marriage ultimately? I don't know. I don't know. But the power of God certainly can. And we would do everything that we possibly can to walk with you through that. And so there are so many things that we could talk about in this area. And we've kind of run out of time. Do you have one last cherry for the top? Any one word answers you want to give us? Just, no, it's fine. Um, here, here's what I would say, though, as we kind of close for anybody that's struggling or would want to talk more about what does Scripture say about these things, Brian and I will be at the table right outside the doors to the left as we conclude our worship time this morning. I'll you're, be available for one word answer. <laughs> but you're welcome to stop by. And, and I would say this, we're not the foremost authority on what the Bible says about marriage and divorce and all those kinds of things. We're, we're learning in this process, in this journey. But if we can be here to help you or talk with you through things, things you're struggling with, we'll be happy to do that as elders. And not just us, all of our elders or leaders in our church will be happy to do whatever we can to, to help you see your marriage through. Okay? Um, so. I do have one other thing. Good. Um, Thank you. I just want um, um, we need to agree with God yeah. about what he says in the Bible. So um, if, if you are in a situation where um, you have, you're divorced and remarried outside of, of what Jesus said was acceptable. Um, you need to agree with God about what that is, and then move on. Mm-hmm. Confess it and and give that over to God, and depend on His grace completely, like we all do, and, and 
and must do. Yeah. Um, but it's okay. Don't don't stay there. But yeah. but we do as as church leaders, we do want to present the truth to you guys because we wouldn't be doing anybody any favors if we did yeah. anything other than that. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks for your time. I know I was kind of picking on you, but great job. Appreciate you answering this really difficult question and helping us out with this today and helping us walk through some of these things. And uh, uh, I will probably get lots of emails this week. Good. Okay. Um, it's fine. We'll, I'll forward them all to Brian. It'll be good. Um, seriously, we want to be here to help any way we can. So ask your questions. Come see us. Talk to us. Message us on Facebook or email us or whatever you need to do to help. Um, but as we close this morning, we're going to ask, are you guys doing one more song? Okay, come on up, then band, and uh, we'll close together. We're going to sing together in, in celebration of, of our time of worship this morning. But uh, as we do close, I'll just remind you, guests, we're so glad you're here today. Um, it's always awkward to walk into something you don't know what's going to be, and then we start talking about weird topics like this, right? And we do services that aren't traditional types of services. and so. Um, but we're glad you're here. And uh, if, if you are a guest of ours this morning, would you please just fill out that connection card Andy talked about at the beginning of the service and bring it outside the doors and to the left. I'll be out there. We have a gift we'd love to give to you. Uh, as, as just our way of saying thanks for being here this morning. Uh, and then GFC folks, you guys are, are family with us, and so uh, we're so thankful that you're here today. It's always a pleasure and honor to worship with you. One of the things that we talk about and remind each other about every week is that uh, generosity is one of our core values. It's something that we believe God has put at the heart of the church. And so one of the things that we ask as far as generosity is concerned is that you contribute through uh, your tithes and your offerings to the church. And so we just like to remind you today that you can do that at the boxes at the exits on your way out. Um, but we're so glad you're here. We love you, and, uh, and we hope you have a great day. We're going to stand together and sing one last time, and then you're going to be dismissed.